Tori Huster, what, what are you up to these days? I see that you're uh, – I, th- I think I saw pictures from Vegas. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Um, I actually am um, – I do some work with a company that's based out of Rockville um, okay. with some scheduling and whatnot. Usually during the season it's more part-time, but um, in the off-season I'm able to um, – travel with the other employees and go to the specific conferences that they have and um my boss i'm going to call him used to actually work at the soccerplex so he's involved in the turf grass industry and um tries to advise and help um different parks departments and different fields all over the world um manage their natural turf grass um even when there's lots of play on it when there's you know, weather involved and all of that. So um, I was, there was a conference in Vegas and um, that's why I was there. It wasn't for all fun. No. <laughs> that's fair, but it, I, I hope you at least did get a yeah. chance to uh, to enjoy Vegas. It can be a fun city. Yeah, it was good. There's, I mean, there's so many things to see and do there. And um, I was pleasantly surprised with um, some of the hotels and just the, um like the amount of lights that are there is just insane. <laughs> yeah. Where'd you stay? Um, we stayed at New York, New York. New York, New York. Did you ride did you ride the roller coaster? I am not a big roller coaster oh! person, so I did not ride it. <laughs> but it was right outside our my hotel window. So. <laughs> so one of my one of my best friends used to live in Vegas and so I visited him a handful of times while he was there. And uh-huh. uh, we went to like we had like we had this short little like got to do in Vegas things and they're all like dorky stuff. And we went to I'm not a roller coaster person either, but I was like I I felt like I had to do it because you know it's a Vegas mm-hmm. thing. And we get right. on the roller coaster and this is a reason why I'm not in roller coasters. As we get to the top, right as it's about to plummet, he turns to me and he's like, I really I'm really glad roller coasters work. <laughs> Oh gosh! Yeah, and I'm like in my head, I'm thinking, why would you say that now? Yeah, bad timing. <laughs> bad timing, but it did work. It uh, it made it all the way oh, around good. without failure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, okay, so you, so you, you're working, uh, you're working a little bit more full time. What else are you doing with your off season? Um. So for the last uh, month or so, um, I guess two months now. Um. I've been trying to relax and see those people that I haven't necessarily gotten to see during the season. Cause I mean, my people are all over the world. So I'm actually um, traveling now to see some more family friends and then I'll be home for, um, I was home for Thanksgiving and I'll be home for Christmas. I'll get to see my sister. Um, I have just been trying to um, rest as much as possible, but also stay fit. So that's like always a weird balance that you have to try and um, try and make sure it's the right balance. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've just been trying to, you know, try to get over everything that happened over the season and yeah. um, just get ready and prepared for for March. I don't want to I don't want to bring back too much uh, trauma from um, the end of the year, but if you know, mm-hmm. rightfully so, we haven't heard from a lot of players regarding. Um, just the, what they experienced. Um, I think everybody sort of knew mm-hmm. what the, what the common feeling was. Um, I was, I was actually right behind the goal while the penalty kicks were happening. Um, I had mm-hmm. gotten uh position back there and I mean, it was amazing. I was watching Kelsey guess correctly 
time after time after time, and I was like, this this can work, and then just uh, just one too many didn't uh, didn't go our way. Um, yeah. Tell us, like, as a sports fan, there is a feeling from season to season about the players that make the team, and I feel like for so many for so many fans, this. The 2016 team was like the team, right? It was the it was the spirits plus a bunch of extra like newcomers and 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 whatnot. And for there to be, you know, you're, we're missing or some players have left now and stuff like that. It's there's still a lot of high hopes and a lot of expectancy that the spirit will still perform well, go to the playoffs. But tell me from the player's point of view knowing that the dynamic on the team's drastically going to be different yet with the same expectations. How does that feel from your perspective? Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, I was heartbroken. Um, The amount of talent that we had on that team alone, um, any of our, any of our, I'm going to say bench players, but that was definitely fluid. Um, Any of our bench players would have played and probably started on any other NWSL team. So having that amount of talent, you know that's not going to there, – there's going to be turnover the following year because those players want to play. That's why we do this, right? Yeah. We don't do it to sit on the bench. Everybody <laughs> wants to play in the game. And I think knowing that and I think having the opportunity to win, even when it was like 10 seconds left that they scored, it was it was heartbreaking. And um, I think – I, I I hope that the fans continue to um, you know come back and support. And I think for uh, last season there were so many girls that did return. We had a lot of good talent come in for the season, and Jim did a good job recruiting those players. But um, I think we had a lot of returning faces, and um, we I think we were able to really build strong relationships with our fans and you know, you'll see some of those players not be back the following year. So then it's a process again of trying to build that relationship again with your fans. And I'm lucky I've, this will be my fifth year with, with the club and there's been turnover every year. And I think it just, the product that we put out on the field continues to get better. And I, I have high hopes and expectations, like you said, for next year. And I think, um, I don't know. I think, you know, you learn more from losing than you do from winning, I think. And whether other people agree with me or not, that's, I, I know myself that I learn more from that. And that's, that loss is going to make me a better player. And I think it will make us a better, a better club and it'll make us, you know, play all the way till make good decisions all the way till 10 seconds left. And, um, I don't know. Hopefully we can, hopefully we get another chance because I know there is a little bit of luck involved and we did put a lot of hard work into it. And that's probably why we had some luck on our side, but um, yeah, I hope to be back there because I definitely think we, we, we'd give it a go no matter who's on the field. Spirit fans got a lot of, got um, a lot of unfortunate news this off season, but we did get some great news in it. Tori Houston re-signed with the Washington Spirit. What is it about this club yeah. and this atmosphere that made you want to resign and come back? Um, it feels like home. And, you know, to be honest, I've played against 
um, the other clubs now for four years, and I don't want to play for them. I want to play against them. And, um, <laughs> I respect um, uh, just a lot of what the club is about and what, what the players around me are about, and I think they make it easy, and the fans make it certainly easy to do my job. I mean, who's not going to do well at their job when they have thousands of screaming fans telling them to keep going and you can do it, you know? It, it's an interesting, interesting um, career that I have chosen and that I love. And um, I think that Washington is home and I don't, I don't want to be anywhere else. And um, I, I hope that the other players don't want to be anywhere else either, because I enjoy the time that we have together and sometimes it's limited. And like it was last year, I knew there were going to be some changes and um, I don't know. I just think we only have a limited time of playing. I can't play till I'm 70. So um, <laughs> make the most of it in a, in a city that I enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I know a lot of fans are going to be glad to hear that, that you have no interest in playing for another team. <laughs> At the beginning of la- or before the season started and then after the season, I saw like there's always talks about like should and could the NWSL expand. And um, people have asked me mm-hmm. which markets I think that – um, that women's soccer could play well. And, you know, I'm, I'm still uh, relatively new, but soccer in general I know is popular and doing well in Columbus. Um, I know that you're from mm-hmm. Cincinnati. Should an expansion yeah. team ever have an opportunity to go to build in Columbus, would that, would that pique your interest in, um, in, in going back to play close to home? Um, you know, right now I think um... – I, I don't know. I think um, – And this, of course, is hypothetical. I'm not asking you if you're willing yeah. to leave the spirit. But hypothetically, you know, everybody <laughs> has the, has a desire to, to play close to home. Is it, it, Would Columbus be enough? I I don't know. I think um, if it was in Cincinnati, I might think about it. Um, they actually have a – I think they're USL, a USL men's team, FC Cincinnati, and they did amazing. I was so surprised. I was so um, – I don't even know, like just amazed at the support that FC Cincinnati got. And I hope that continues. I'm, I'm sure that it will. Um, I think we have a lot of people out, out of towners come and live in Cincinnati. And I think they like football and I think or football soccer. Um, <laughs> I think predominantly when I was growing up, it was American football or basketball or baseball. And I think it's soccer has just totally grown up there and it's great to see that you know the the men are getting involved too instead of just instead of just women um I think that I want to continue to help grow soccer in Cincinnati but I think if there was a team in Columbus or Cincinnati you know I, I loyalty is my thing it's my biggest thing and I like I said before I want to be in Washington I want to play for the spirit and I think there are other ways for me to grow the game at home instead of playing, you know? So maybe that would be something to look, look towards after my career is helping grow the game through, through a club, through a women's club, hopefully that would come to either one of those cities. Yeah, absolutely. How much do you know about the players that the spirit have acquired? Um, Um, Christy Mewis, Casey Coleman, um, and then, uh, yeah, Havana Sullen. So I know, Kathy pretty well. We played together at Florida State for three years, I believe. I think she was a year behind me. Yeah, that should be right. And she's a stand-up girl. She is um, very professional. That's probably one of the things that um, 
characterizes her best is she's so professional, but she's such a sweetheart too. I think the fans are going to love her. I think um, she's such a hard worker and, um, you know, she's got that left foot too. So she's going to, she's going to help that left side. And just as Christy will, I'm not sure exactly where the two will play or anything. That's totally up to Jim, but I think it's good to get um, some different uh, type of players. They're not different type of players, but they have left feet. And I think that's always good to to add on on any team. Um, Christy and Havana, I have played. I don't think I've played with Havana, but I've um, I think maybe one camp I've played with Christy. Don't know them um, personally very well, but um, I've heard good things about them, and I, I look forward to welcoming them to to the making them feel like part of the family. Yeah, I I only have uh, I only have a couple more questions regarding trades because I know I know fans are, are mm-hmm. interested to hear a player's perspective. Um, the first one to ask: You don't have to speak on any player in particular, but how aware are players mm-hmm. on the team of their teammates' preferences of maybe being traded or relocated? Is that something that is made known among the club, or that they inform their players, or did like do these sort of come out of the blue and surprise you as well um i think that that varies from teammate to teammate you know the players that you're um maybe a little more close to you'd have like those intimate conversations but no one really walks into the locker room and is saying that they want to be traded (laughs) especially you know last year when i mean even the past years too you're having so so much success you're really only focused on that season and um i think trades that we that we've had or um whatnot they're they're happening now as opposed to you know in february i don't even know like when the trades are allowed to happen but um i think it's better that they're happening now so that you know we we can get over it you we know who's going to be on the roster and this is what we have to work with and this is what we're going with you know and um i think unless unless i ask i don't think anyone's going to be you know really walking around saying that they don't <laughs> want to be where they are <laughs> yeah can you provide a thought or two on what is being mm-hmm. taken away from the locker room or the team culture so we under- we know that the players that have left are great players we're losing talent and leadership across the board from Ali Oyster and Nairn yeah. and Benini. but from maybe what we don't see as fans and um and spectators what's being taken away from the locker room and team culture with each one of these players i think just some consistency you know those players have been there now um for two years and you know consistently for for me that's uh, consistent for me is really important and um i think that's why i'm always back at the spirit because it's, it's good it's um there is something good about being in your comfort zone, but then there's always changes being made too. So it's, it's different every year as well. Um, but um, yeah, back to your question. Um, I think that those, those players are such good human beings that it's going to be, it's going to be hard to not have them there. They're very good friends. They're very good people. And um, you know, in the past too, I've had, um, other friends as well be traded or retired. And it's hard not to have those people that you um, you form relationships with and form bonds with um, be in your locker room anymore. You know, you, you might be playing against them now. I'm, I've played against Tony Presley now for two years, and she was one of my best friends. It is one of my best friends. And I think um, that's, always, that's always really hard that there is so much turnover. Um, I think you, you and all the fans saw – 
um, Krieger lead us through some some hard times and some really good times, and um, it's going to be it's going to be hard to not have her with us. And for she's such a she's such a powerful um, I'm going to say personality, just a powerful person in general. And now she's going to be leading someone else, and there, she's going to be leading someone else against us, and that's that's hard. I mean, she she's very good at that, and um, I think she set a really good example for the players that are, that are returning. And I think um, we're going to take from that as much as we can and hopefully um, continue to build on what, what she left and her legacy that she, she left in Washington. And honestly, um, I think she's still going to be able to, to grow the game from her home city. And I think, um, I think the fans will see that and they're still going to adore her and they're all of us still really adore her. And, you know, some things aren't always up to us and we just have to roll with it kind of thing. Transitioning a little bit more towards Tori Huster specifically, what, uh, what are you into? What hobbies do you have outside of soccer? <laughs> oh, everyone knows I love my dog. <laughs> That's my hobby. My yeah. dog. <laughs> Very cool. Do you, um, um I, I saw a, from, what was it, maybe a year or two ago, uh, a day in the life toy mm-hmm. Houston, so you start your every day with walking your dog. Is that still the case? Um, yeah, because, she, I mean, she's, I don't want her to pee in the house, so <laughs> <laughs> she's got to go outside. <laughs> yeah. That's... Um, but yeah, pretty much she, um, you know, I'm lucky enough to have a host family that allows me to have her with me. And um, they actually watch her for me while I am on trips. And um, that is just, that's amazing to me. Like, I, I'm so grateful to them, and I'll never be able to thank them enough for that. Um, and I've had a lot of other helpers along the way, too. Um, it's not easy having a dog. They can't tell you what's wrong with them. They can't tell you what they need. And they got to go outside and get exercise all the time, <laughs> yeah. um, which is a good thing. Yeah. But you want to give them the best life possible. And um, she's definitely my hobby. Um, I do other things, too. <laughs> <laughs> but um, <laughs> she takes up a lot of my time. They, uh, they're yeah. they're wonderful little creatures in that way, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Yeah. They're great. My, uh, my two-year-old Springer is laying in his kennel staring up at me like, when are you going to be done and play with me? And now he's grabbing yeah, his bones exactly. so we can show me that we should play. Yeah, he knows you're talking to him or about him. Yeah, he does. Um, so actually, you invited me to uh, – or you invited everybody, and I happened to accept the invite to a fundraiser for the Young and the Brave. Yeah. And it's, a, it's an organization that uh, tries to uh, provide encouragement and support for, uh, for um, people battling cancer, especially youth. Um, can you, yes. can you talk a little bit about how you got connected with them and why their cause resonated with you? Yeah, it's, um, it's a pretty good story. I think, um, for the most part, it has a good ending. Um, but, uh, one of my best friends from back home in Cincinnati, we played soccer together, went to high school together. Um, she actually was diagnosed with a rare form of eye cancer. Um, and she had to get, um, she actually got a, um, what is it called? She had like a plate inserted or inserted around the little tumor that she had in her eye. And it was like a radiation plate, I think. And, um, she ended up, um, being okay. She lost a sight in her eye, but we didn't lose her. And that's great. Um, she's still one of my best friends ever. And, um, while she was going through that journey or that part in her life, um, 
she I was around for it and she um I think she was just, you know, searching on Instagram trying to find some inspiration or motivation trying to help her through it and she stumbled across the young and brave. I think um I think just the um the words young and brave really resonated with her. And, you know, she was doing a little bit of searching on their website, saw that they have the hashtag love beats cancer and um, some of the stories that were written. She wanted to write a story and I ended up reading her story, trying to help her, her write it, proofread it, whatever. And so then I'm stumbling across their stuff as well, loving it, um, regardless of that I'm not in the same situation as her. But I don't know, I just felt a call to help that song foundation specifically because they gave one of my best friends so much um inspiration and love even though they didn't know her even though she was across the country um away from her but they still um I'm gonna like get teary-eyed here but they still were able to help her through something that was really hard and um so I spoke with the founder he's great Matt is um a, just a great human altogether and um, he has been more than helpful to me to help them and um, giving me ideas. And he kind of um, lets me run with little ideas that I have. And that was, um, that was a fundraiser. Definitely had a lot of help putting that together. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm just happy to be a part of an organi- organization that continues to grow, continues to do so well for their, um, for their warriors and for anybody that comes across them. I think they're great, and I think they're going to continue doing really good things. Yeah, I mean, they're, the the youngandbrave.com slash stories is where all of those stories are uh, available. And it's really cool because they got, I mean, the first, the top one, the person's been cancer-free for a month, and then you scroll down and you find someone's been cancer-free for 19-plus years. And so the, the range of experiences and perspectives is really, uh, really interesting and really inspiring. Yes, and your story was inspiring too that you wrote and had um, posted a couple of days ago. That was great. Yeah, thank I'm glad you. that you did. You just um, go on the website, or did you get in touch with Matt at all? I think I after the fundraiser, um, after after mm-hmm. telling you personally the story of like my fluorescent orange urine, um, I yes. was like, well, <laughs> now hilarious. that yeah, now that I've told a human being that, I can uh, I should just tell everybody that. Um, and so yeah. I think I I pinged them on Twitter and they provided me an email and I responded and they and he provided me a link to to submit. Um, oh, awesome! Yeah, it's it's a part of my life that I don't talk about a lot and not be and it just mm-hmm. because it's, it was so long ago. You know, that was 13 right. years ago and, and in a lot of ways it seems like it was a whole lifetime ago. Um, and so yeah, I like I like how you said that in your story that that was um, I feel like a lot of a lot a lot of people might relate to to something like that yeah and so to like to think back on it and remember like oh man that is that is stuff that i actually that i've experienced this lifetime and you know and um in the relative uh you know the way the time works not too long ago um and so it was it was fun to call back on my experience to pull 
Um, the one part of the story, or the one part of my story that I think is most entertaining, and that's the the red steroid turning my my pee orange. <laughs> and, uh, it yeah. was, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, I love telling people that too because you start getting asked, I'm like, oh yeah, when I have cancer, and people are like, oh, this is gonna be serious, and then like it ends with me having orange yeah. pee, and so <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, it's more fun for everybody. But I I do appreciate you introducing me to them. I think that they're, uh, you know, it's a really cool organization. I was happy to uh, to attend the fundraiser. And support the way that I could and um, I hope you do one again yeah I hope so too uh, definitely um, whenever we're able to organize another event I think I'll, I'll try and we actually here's a little side note we only had a, a month to organize that fundraiser we were essentially we were going to do it back in March and then um, I had some other stuff go on and um, just weren't able to do it season started and then towards the end of it, we were like, Hey, let's just wing it. Let's just do it. Let's see how many people we get. And we raised over $7,000. So, you know, promoting it, getting it out, um, in the media, having more people, um, just aware that something's going on. Um, and you know, I, I love giving people a chance to do something good. Um, I feel like a lot of people have, they want to do something good, but they, they maybe just don't have the outlet. So I just want to give them the opportunity. They don't have to participate, nothing, but and I find something that you like, find something that um, you can relate to and, and do good with that. Yeah. And if the young and brave is, is that thing, then come, come one, come all. Um, I've had a lot of fun, um, you know, hearing people's stories and um, I've had people, family members um, come and say, you know, they have a friend, how can I get them in touch? And just being able to, to give them something like the young and the brave um, even just a connection, I think that that's all I want to do. It, it's not always about the money. Um, sometimes it is, um, or sometimes it can be, but um, I just, just making those connections and um, helping people and keeping them inspired and keeping them fighting, I think is, is definitely the most important. Yeah. And I, I think um, that that brings me to, I think what will make a good final uh, discussion here is I I was I always wanted to do sports journalism and I couldn't actually find like a real outlet for me and so I decided to do it on my own time and I decided that women's soccer was popular enough that it was worth my time but still new enough to or not new enough but still the barrier to entry was low enough where I could get access like I have to the game stuff like that and so Washington Spirit mm-hmm. let's do that and I was really enjoying it and and um but what really solidified my inspiration like why I wanted to be in the Washington spirit community is when I showed up to the fundraiser and like six, seven members from the spirit squadron are there. And mm-hmm. that spoke volumes to how amazing this fan base is and how it's worth every bit of my time to deliver content to them on the team that they so clearly support and enjoy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. Um, I think it's been, so it's been four years now, but um, it has been an absolute pleasure watching, not watching because I should be playing, but just <laughs> hearing them from <laughs> from the field. It's been, it's been absolutely awesome to see that, that group grow and that part of the stands grow. And, and not necessarily just that side, but but all of the sides, the hill, the, the little kid that, um, there's one little girl, her name's Ashlyn, um, that 
was a fan four years ago and she is just a joy to be around and watching her grow up has been absolutely amazing. Like there's no words that I can describe that like is how I feel when I see her after the games. It's just, it's so special. And I think, you know, you see like NBA, NFL, and you see the amount of money they make and the amount of fans that they have. And I think it's really special to be a part of something that is still growing and being um, a part of uh, a, a league that will hopefully when Ashlyn is playing or if she wants to play, when she's playing professionally, we've helped make it easy for her, easier for her. Um, I think that's what it's all about. I think that um, I think the spirit squadron understands that they understand that it's um, it's a battle for us. It's a grind. And um, I think that they're there anyways. And they they want to support women that are are willing to, you know, entertain and play um, regardless of how much money they make. I think our love for soccer is, is so special because we don't play for money and um, I don't know. I think I I hope that they continue to support us like they always have. They've been so loyal. And like I said, that's really important to me. That's why I stick around. And um, I, I don't, I don't see that changing. I think, I think they're, they're really a special group of, of women. And um, if there are any male members, I don't think I've ever met any, but um, if there, if there are, if there ever are, um, I think they're just a really great group of humans and um, they definitely help us help us do our jobs um, to the best of our ability. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, they're a great group of people. And I know that from the discussions I've had with um, with the other media members and with, with fans, stuff like that, I think that the – Anybody who was a who anybody who has been a fan over the past couple of years or going all the way back to you know when when a spear started, I don't think any of them are not coming to games next year. I think it's the people that maybe are dependent on, like show up dependent on visiting players or star players, but I think any true Washington Spirit fan is not swayed by uh, you know the unfortunate trades and stuff that's going on. I think that. All of the chatter that's going around the spirit community of like, oh, that's it. I'm not. I can't do this anymore. That was the last straw. I think it's all just mm-hmm. a lot of knee jerk reactions, a lot of panic. Everybody's going to be there. I plan on trying to bring out as big of a group as I can um, to help kick off the season when uh, when you know on the first uh, home game. So, and I'm sure the spirit squadron are going to join me uh, in doing that. So we're we're going to be very excited to see Tori Huster score 20 goals next season as a midfielder. (laughs) Yeah. You're calling it now. (laughs) Yeah. That won't be, I made the mistake. I made, I, uh, I tried to make predictions at the beginning of this season. And one of them was that Uh one, a couple player, one of, uh, was it either Katie Stingall or Nairn would hit double digits and people just shook their head and I was like, it's possible. And then it it didn't happen, but, uh, yeah. (laughs) We'll see what my it predictions are It is still possible, that's for sure. It is. It is. Uh, Tori, thank you so much for joining me. I know we had um, a little miscommunication on, on the scheduling, but I'm glad we were able to get it done. I know the, I know the fans are just yeah, dying to hear from a player right now. I know that um, yeah. I, th- I think that was one of the 
I think it was one of the bigger frustrations is that there was all these trades happening and they just weren't hearing from anybody. Um, and so I think that... Yeah, I think I think that's big. But I think, I don't know, um, I actually heard a quote the other day. It's um, don't act, do respond. And I think the only way we can respond is, is by putting a good product on the field for our fans. Um, we want to win and we hope to do that next season. <laughs> Perfect. Tori, thank you so. so much for your time. I really appreciate it. No worries. Thanks so much. <laughs> Let every, every ball scream!